0: is now being recorded.
1: Welcome to the V2V podcast with Aurelius. That's me. And with me today is...
0: Um, I'm Lily Spear. That's, yep.
1: that's what I was looking for, that last name. Lily Spear Spearbrecher?
0: Spearbrecker, yes.
1: Got it. And uh, today we're talking with Lily about, uh, in general, the... Uh, what's known as the Troubled Teen Industry. Um, There's an organization called WASP, the Worldwide Association of Special Programs. And we're going to discuss what that is in general and maybe more specifically her experiences as a teenager in these programs. And uh, it's it's an opportunity to let people know kind of what's really going on in – This kind of isolated world of, of teenage life that many people aren't aware of. So welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. It's awesome to be here.
1: So I guess the best way to start this off is to kind of have you explain, uh, for our listeners what Uh, what it is that we're talking about. What is the troubled teen industry?
0: Well, the troubled teen industry is, obviously, is an industry of teens that are troubled, but they're in boarding schools. They're boarding schools, uh, residential treatment centers, boot camps, wilderness programs. These places take, quote-unquote, troubled kids and try to rehabilitate them into becoming functioning members of society. Well, it sounds all great. That's really not what happened.
1: So, it, it, I mean, I guess it does sound like reasonable, like just on those terms. Because I get, you know, people are familiar with um, adult rehabs, which have problems of their own. But generally speaking, they're looked at as a positive thing, if not, if not a tragic thing. Or or at least Correct. there's some hope there like like oh the like the down and out like you know, we hear about like the down and out celebrity who's uh going going back to rehab, like you know, the Charlie Sheen type or, right. or uh, you know the tragic story of someone like Amy Whitehouse who who uh chose not to go to rehab, so to speak, right? And mm-hmm. and you know, when we know people um and uh, you know, We ourselves uh speaking generally, you know, suffer from um addiction, substance abuse problems. So we're aware we're aware of the the idea of therapy and it seems reasonable to want to take care of your child um and send them to these send them to these places with Shiny brochures and nice people to talk to, and and a good sales pitch. Um,
0: That's essentially what it is. is. So So what really happens?
1: It's the sales pitch, right? So, so I guess give us a kind of a rundown of of how it, you know, how it works. What what's the
0: approach? Well, what happens is is a teenager, you know, acting out parent looks up online, how do I save my kid? What do I do? Then they come across educational consultants. And what these consultants do is they actually take kickbacks from the program. So they're not really sending your kid to the best of the best programs that's going to save their life. What it's doing is they're actually having you send your kid to a place that they got money from. Mm. So and then you look at the brochures and everything looks great and the kids look happy and they're smiling and oh my gosh. It's just amazing. And most of the time parents just fall right into that. And but that's the complete opposite of what actually happens. I mean the parents sometimes come to the facilities, they do a walkthrough. Um only specific kids are Chosen to talk to the parents, ones that have been brainwashed and programmed enough to be like, "Oh, yeah, this place is great for your kid." Um, and then, of course, if the parent approves, then the kid will be sent to the program, and it's
1: well, pretty much right, nightmare well, me, from there. All right, let me let me stop you there for a second. So, so. The, the, the quote unquote out of control kid. Like, mm-hmm. um, this brings to mind an article, and I don't know, I don't recall if you sent it, but it was about a young man who, uh, recently escaped from a facility in Utah, and I guess he grabbed, he was 13, uh, grabbed some water, and and took off across the desert, and then there was, of course, a big um, search party, and later on, I guess that afternoon, they found him on the side of the road, um, hungry, but but safe, and, and, you know, Yeah, I read
0: that article. Mortal
1: danger. So, in reading this, the last line of this little article was that he was going to be sent back to a facility with better security,
0: like that was yep.
1: the ultimate solution to the kid running away. And I, and I know that I know that there are children who are legitimately um, misbehaving, I guess. Or, but I, I kind of take the approach that that uh, it's overblown. I mean kids are kids and the majority of children act like children and they and they're disrespectful and they're obstinate and they don't listen. Well, yeah, that's what
0: being a normal teenager is. You're you're sure. finding yourself in this weird, crazy world. You're trying to figure out who you are. That's what it is right. to be a teenager. And it seems like parents have forgotten what it was like to be a teenager. I mean, unless your kids like shooting up neighborhoods or something very extreme. I mean, smoking well, marijuana once in a like, while, right? Sure.
1: There's a differentiation here that we should make: is that if your child is committing crimes, well, we, know we know what that we know what that system looks like. I mean, we everybody knows what that looks like. Oh, and yeah. everybody knows what it is. Like, you can see it because the kid's bringing home things you stole from the store or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, and even at that point, the solution doesn't seem reasonably to be to ship your kid off to a boarding school. Because normally what the the popular conception of a boarding school is some stuffy, strict place. That rich people send their kids to. But that's not what we're talking about. So, getting back to this 13 year old, it just made me wonder because there was nothing in the article. Now, perhaps it's because of HIPAA laws, or, you know, because these are pseudo medical facilities, um, that they couldn't disclose, like, why he was there in the first place.
0: Yeah, um... I
1: mean, it just was so, like, what the heck did this guy do? He was wayward, whatever that means, you know.
0: Runaway teen, bad teen. Uh, And let me just say that if a kid runs away in the desert, and, you know, he knows because he's out in that area for a little while, so he knows what can happen being out in the desert. Obviously, he grabbed some water, so he knows. Right, right. If he ran out and risked the elements to get away from that facility, then there's obviously something going on there.
1: And apparently, whatever they were doing there, I don't, they didn't talk about how long he had been there.
0: No, I didn't but see ob- how but, long he was. But
1: obviously, whatever the quote-unquote therapy that was going on, apparently, regardless of who he was or what he did, it wasn't working. If he, mm-hmm. if he had the had the bravery to run through the desert, you know, there's something. There's something missing here that we don't know about. And maybe, maybe you know, you're in a position to, to fill us in about what what goes on. Like once you get the sales pitch, once you once you ship your kid off, and whether it's paid for insurance or you've got enough money to to pay the $5,000 a month or whatever the case is. Well,
0: what and I do want to touch on uh, real quick again on the boy before I jump over into the next portion sure. of what happens. Is Another thing regarding him is um, when it hits a certain point, you will do whatever you have to do to get out of a situation. And that goes for kids, adults, abused people, you know, like domestic violence, all that. You will do whatever you have to do to get away. I have gone through a similar situation regarding programs, so I know exactly what this boy was going through. Mm -hmm. So I get it. Right. But after the after it happens with the sales pitch and you drop your kid off, uh, what happens is your kid, nine times out of ten, is strip searched. All the stuff has gone through. Right. Most of it they can't have. <laughs> and then they're just shoved in this, this group of kids, you know, be it boys or girls, you know, depending. They typically keep the boys and girls separated. And then they put you with a uh, hope buddy or somebody to show you uh, kind of the ropes of the program. So they, mm-hmm. that's where you, when you learn all the rules and what you can and cannot do, um, how to walk, how to talk, pretty much just how to basically survive during your time there.
1: Right. And I was watching um, – I, I watched – I guess it's an unfinished movie um, – Called "Fix My Kid" or it's um, or it's not quite done. I saw a kind of a sneak preview of of this a couple weeks ago. And in this, is that the
0: one involving straight?
1: Yeah, right. It was it was straight incorporated, right? And in this case, essentially, the 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 older kids uh, ran the place. While while the adult staff kind of um, stood back, oh, yeah. um, is that pretty typical that it's more peer to peer? Like yes. So so you have the pressure of conforming, and then you have the pressure of making sure that the newcomers conform. So the older kids are really trapped in the middle of the adult authority in making sure that they're getting the younger kids to comply, so they don't they don't get leveled down back to pretty much,
0: yeah.
1: Right. That's that's um I would consider that to be a a really severe form of abuse. Just on well, the just is. on the surface. Right. Because you're it's so coercive and that word keeps coming up.
0: And that's then but therapy. you have it so these kids are pretty much counseling other kids. Not therapy, right? Also right. what happens is is there becomes an extreme lack of trust between everyone in the facility. None mm. of the kids end up trusting each other because they turn against each other real quick to make, sh- you know, cause let's say, okay, let's say I was in the program right now and I saw somebody break a rule. Now, I would have to tell on that person because if I didn't tell on that person and somebody saw me see that particular situation, I would mm-hmm. get in trouble for not reporting it. Right. Right. So there is no trust between the students. And obviously there's no trust with between staff and students because the staff just think you're a manipulative brat, so to speak. And the kids don't trust them because the staff control everything.
1: Well, isn't isn't that ironic because basically what what the system is teaching the kids to do is to be a um, manipulative brat. That's
0: exactly what it is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're trying
0: to to counter that, but what it ends up being is it makes the kid distrustful. It makes them stay to themselves more isolated. It makes them have to be more sneaky. I mean, you learn a whole bunch of new ways to do things.
1: Sure. There's a people are now, here's here's some interesting knowledge. You know, like um, different different creatures are good at different things. Like um, mm-hmm. uh, bats have echolocation; they can they can ping sounds off of uh, surfaces uh, in the dark and see where they're going. Um, uh, dogs, uh, in general, can smell really well. They have they have thousands of more receptors in their in their noses so that they can they can smell things better than other animals can. People, interestingly, we're, what we're best at, better than any other animal is we're really really good at facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Like if someone walks if someone walks by you and you make eye contact and see that person, chances are that if a year later you see that person again, you might not know where you saw them. But you know that you've seen that person before. We're really, really, really good at that. And the other thing we're really, really good at is getting used to things better than any, any other living thing. We're really, really good at getting used to things. So this leads me to my next question that as all of this program is happening and people are getting acclimated and, and kind of fostered into the, into this, um, it's just, I can't even barely say it. This therapeutic boarding school program, right?
0: I know, I, I cringe um, when I say it too. <laughs> that,
1: that eventually, and this is something that, um, Bill shed some light on, is that over time, as we do, we get, we get used to it, and familiarity also breeds, um, a kind of contentment, a kind of normality. Yeah, you get comfortable. So you get comfortable in it. So, so then there's that other phase where you're you buy in, and maybe maybe some more than others, but eventually, if you if you keep um, leveling up, you whether you really want to or not, you kind of buy into the system so that you're, you are now kind of quote unquote accountable as far as the, the facility is concerned. Well, what a lot of kids
0: do, what a lot of kids do is they have this uh, fake it till you make it. Right. So they pretend to buy into it, but they really don't.
1: That's and that's and another then, torturous thing too, of course, because it is because you're torn constantly between wanting to just be yourself and knowing that you have to kill the line or some unknown exactly. other bad thing is going to happen to you. Right, or known thing, because you've seen it happen. Maybe mm-hmm. you may have even participated in uh, force or coercion with another child, or you know. Sure. I refused. I
0: personally refused to when I was there. I didn't get that. Right. Past I'm the talking about view. like the
1: holding, you know, the the holding down of people and the and the screaming oh, yeah. in the face and all of that stuff. Right. Because yep. that happens too, certainly. I think people should be aware. Oh yeah,
0: that too. absolutely happens.
1: That it is a a really brutal environment and and it shouldn't be sugarcoated or or kind of kind of pushed under the rug that these are really vicious places run by really money hungry horrible people not the children but the people who actually own and run these places oh, yeah. and we you know we could go on and on about Litchfield and and all of that too, but um I think that would kind of divert us a little bit from from the reality of kind of what happens, not necessarily who's running it because that may be for another another show another another conversation but so as these kids get acclimated to uh to the program they get used to it um they buy in or half buy in um then I guess at a certain point, uh, they age out or, or graduate. They're, you know, they're, quote, unquote, better. So Pretty what much.
0: Either the kid gets pulled, which is very rare, the kid graduates, or the kid turns 18 and leaves.
1: Right. So typically, what what's the story after? Because... We know we know the kid was, quote, unquote, out of control before he went there. You know, we know he was misbehaving, so, so to speak. And, and the parents uh, threw their hands up and said, please, please take my kid. He's out of control. Well,
0: I mean, that's all. <laughs> I mean, that's all really subjective. Uh, I mean, let's sure be honest here. I knew a girl who was put in the program. She was already there for two years while I was there. So she originally got sent when she was 13. I met her okay. when she was 15. Right. I asked her why was she there for so long? Like why was she in the program? And she said, My dad thought I was too dependent on him.
1: Right. And that's, why I, put, that's why I put that out of girl. control into the quotes. Sure. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah.
1: I mean or the you know, the the misbehaving, I don't know if you could you could feel it, but I I was putting that in, in finger quotes.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I feel you. But I mean for everybody who's listening, you know, like this is like you know, it really depends. I mean, because there are kids that obviously do need some form of placement. But then there are right. kids where they spend too much time on the computer and their parents don't like it, so they send them away.
1: Or or they just, you know, don't want to bother. I mean, I, I've heard exactly. situations like that, too, where it's just like, oh, we can afford to send our kid away. Um, or, you know, there's any number of reasons, but I guess ultimately... Regardless of why, it's what and how that. that mm-hmm.
0: is,
1: if you have, if you have a kid with a problem, or or you think they do, or they might, or they obviously do, or you're just not sure, uh, a thera- a therapeutic boarding school of this type doesn't seem like the place to be because what happens when these young adults leave and when they go back out into the world what typically happens i think that's the next step
0: well what happened for me personally um, i was terrified to leave my house for weeks i was afraid of my friends because you know All of my friends were apparently no good. Like, I could not hang out with none of them because they were just terrible and not on board with the program. I was just essentially terrified to be back among normal people. And it was weird because everybody was wandering around like, nothing happened. And I'm like, what? Well, from their point of view...
1: Well, no, right. They didn't know from their point of view, nothing happened. Like mm-hmm. you, you were gone. They, they didn't. I mean, I imagine they didn't understand.
0: My friends what actually was going thought on. I was dead. My friends thought my dad killed me. Oh wow, wow.
1: Yep. How would they come to that conclusion?
0: Um, well, me and my father, we—it's a bad, you know. Well, it used to be. Um, it was a very abusive relationship. So right i grew up getting my butt handed to me constantly oh. mm-hmm. and um so while you think that me escaping that situation would have been very awesome it only made matters worse sure and then what happens when a child leaves a program and they're deprogrammed cuz you're you're programmed while you're in there and you're brainwashed and you right. come out and you're trying to go and mold back into society and find your footing because you literally lost however much time sitting in a school and not growing up with society and how you should. Um, I personally suffer from PTSD, an extreme anxiety disorder, major depressive disorder. Borderline personality disorder, which is a coping disorder, not a multiple personality disorder. You have a problem coping with stress. I am actually disabled now because of these issues. Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. of the schools that I went to and the amount of abuse that I had gone through, I am now disabled and unable to work to take care of me and my children.
1: Right. Right. And that's that's kind of what I meant, is that. Once you leave this coercive structured environment and you and you go back out into the real world you can't you can't function in no, the, in the can't. way that you did there and so you're at a extreme people are at, you get to be at an extreme loss regarding like really just what to do like like even you know just practically like well, what am I supposed to do now because my friends either think, you know, they thought I was dead or they thought I was weird or they thought I, you know, had who knows what people were saying about
0: And if they thought you were weird before you went in, they definitely think you're weird after you got out because you're completely different.
1: <laughs> right, completely different, right. And so you have to, once again, relearn a system. But in this case, of course, the system that you need to learn is uh, reality. Like,
0: pretty much, yeah.
1: Because, because the way the world works is the way the world works outside, not, not in, you know, program fashion. You can't, you can't go around coercing people to do what you want to do. They just won't. <laughs> I mean, you know, they, that's not the way things work, or you, you know, it's just not, it's even harder to express, like how how jarring that must have been, and I, and I can empathize with the disability aspect because, frankly, why wouldn't you be? You know, having gone it's through that, tough. I can imagine.
0: But you know how I deal with my stuff is, um, I own and operate my website. So I help save kids from going in. I've talked to a lot of parents. I have saved a lot of children. Um, I helped with the investigation that shut down the boarding school in Midwest at Midwest Academy in Keokuk, Iowa. Um, oh, that's one of the places I was at. So So I guess out of some good, I guess, I hate to even say it that way, has come out of my horrible experience. Because now I'm able to help other kids.
1: Right. Well, you just have, you just have this special knowledge of, of a reality that, that most people don't understand. And, and the reason I wanted to do uh, these series of interviews with survivors, or as I, as I, uh, put it, um, in the, in our first, in the first interview with, uh, Bill Boyles, what, um, the lawyer and child, child advocate, Andrew, Andrew Vax, calls you folks it, it transcenders because you you survived and now you're able to help stop that cycle and so it's uh I mean it's really it's really a blessing that comes through like uh, the f- forged fire of trauma and um it's the, it's the only thing that we can do i have experiences of my own in in cult situations, that I can re- so I can relate to kind of <clears throat> where you're coming from, especially about the um, isolation and in mind control stuff. I I got coerced or tricked into um, becoming a part of, of Scientology when I was a teenager, and I oh no,
0: involved.
1: yeah, and and it's similar, but. But I was eighteen. I was I was essentially an adult, um, a young adult. But, and all of these things that you described, uh, aside from, aside from the um, like the physical stuff, um, I I went through as well to some degree. It's a bit different, but well, these programs are pretty
0: much they're pretty much cults. That's what it's like. It is. An accurate comparison to compare them to cults. Well, if
1: you sure, if you go down like kind of the checklist of what a cult is, um, every pretty much everything can be ticked off. Like the, in the first one, uh, you know, is is uh, hey, how you're the you're the most wonderful person ever, and then shortly after that, it's uh, if you leave, you're going to die kind of thing. Yep.
0: So. That's, what, yeah, they, that's what they tell parents. If your kid doesn't sure. tell parents, your kid will die. They told that to my parents.
1: Right. The initial pitch, is, though, is that is that your kid has so much promise. We love him. We love her.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. You
1: know, she's got a lot of problems, but we have the cure. We can make her better. And And then... You know, I
0: and all the while they're telling that right. to the parents, the kids are in the school, and they're telling the kids like how much their parents hate their guts, and how much right, their parents right. don't want them. <laughs> right, and we're like, right, right. oh yay, so great, and now they just ship yeah. me off here until I'm 18. So
1: well, these are these are really important points to get out, and and I don't yeah. want them to slip by, but like, um, but yeah, there's there's all of this double talk going on, like, and from the institution itself. And and then that's taught to the kids to put on that happy face when it's time you know for, to visits and and you've got all these other like all this other peer pressure involving oh you better <coughs> you better put on a good show you know you better mm-hmm. you better stand up straight and smile and, and make us look good because you know this is what they paid for you know they didn't pay. For you to come here so that you could be miserable, so snap too, and all that good stuff, sure,
0: well, they tell you I mean, this is what they told me when I was in Kaffa when they were taking pictures of us mm-hmm. they uh They said, you know your parents aren't going to pull you just because you look miserable, so you might as well make them happy and just smile.
1: Gotcha, right no no, no, even more so they of course, they wouldn't pull you if you're miserable, they'd want you to stay, and if, exactly. they, if you're happy, they want you to stay.
0: Yep, it's like no like matter what you whole, do, it works
1: both ways. <laughs> like, oh look at my look at my child; they're doing so well. Let's keep them here. Oh no, look, look how sad he is. He must not be. He's, he must need more therapy. Let's keep him here. Sure. Yep, that's, that's
0: um, how it happens. There,
1: I guess uh, um <laughs> It is how it happens. I'd like to. Uh, and I we'll hate just to laugh in. about what? it, but that's like no. It's so it's gallows- you No know, Really? To
0: even- sure.
1: It's insane to even think that that's that possible. That that people can be so so manipulative exactly. and like cruel. Like if I
0: saw one of my kids just absolutely miserable, I'd be like, "Something's wrong here." Right. And I would rush, you know what I mean, to my children.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Then again, if my child told me that there was some abuse going on, I would believe my child. So.
1: Right. There's a there's a thing regarding. Um, parents with the with the best intentions getting trapped in, into a, into a, uh, a pattern of of guilt or shame or shame. Yes. Uh Regarding sending their children there, they can't. Well, or it can be really difficult to ultimately admit that what that they made a bad choice because.
0: Um. Yes. What that, My. What
1: it does it labels the parents to themselves as as bad. And yes. They don't want to do that to themselves.
0: My father holds a lot of guilt Mm. for what happened, and he cannot move past it. And no matter how many times that I tell him, you know, I tell him that it's not his fault, he got conned. You know what I mean? They had an absolute amazing con job, and he fell for it, and that's not his fault. And, right. but he holds so, so much guilt because his daughter, his only daughter, only child, was, he sent her away to be abused, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart for my dad. It really does.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because um, that's the, that's the side of the, <clears throat> often that's the side of the conversation that doesn't necessarily get told about, like what happens? What happens to the parents? You know, um, when they realize, or, or you
0: know, well, some parents don't. Some sometimes, parents sometimes still go right. on believing. You know, they still right. think that oh, if it wasn't for the program, you know, you'd be dead by now. But then there are even, some that wake up, right. and they feel the guilt.
1: Even if, and it's a big if, even even if there were positive results like the means to the end is it doesn't is always justify important. it no no it doesn't justify it there are there are different ways to to do things and um, are there i mean this this might this might be a difficult question to answer because i don't i'm not aware but are there are there good programs?
0: I'm sure that there probably are good facilities out there. But the problem is, is all the marketing is the same. So you can't really tell. And are right. you will? Are you really willing to risk it? You know what I mean? Like that's what it ultimately sure. comes down to. Are you really willing to risk your child's mental health and safety just right. to – you know, hey, let's give it a try. You know, with my child, my human life that I created. Let's just hope it makes it better.
1: <laughs> right. I guess ultimately, you know, um, parenthood is a uh, is difficult, um, of course. You know, and
0: oh, absolutely. And I mean, I got a nine-year-old, and he challenges me every day. But I still wouldn't dream about sending him away.
1: Right. But there's a <laughs> measure of a to see of see his
0: face every day.
1: Of course and there's a measure of accountability that comes along with the privilege of, of having and raising a child like exactly you you, you know like it's the language is difficult to, to like articulate but really you must raise your child like um and there, oh, yeah, are, there are many ways That's what happened. To do I that. got but, pregnant
0: and I was like, hey, I want to keep my baby, so I'm going to raise right. it. I'm not going to pay anybody else to raise it. I'm going to raise it. So.
1: Right. And <laughs> it sounds like a black and white thing, like, like you're obligated to, to raise a child. Um, but there are many ways to do that. There are, you know, parenting styles of all kinds. But okay, I think, absolutely. I think it can be safe to say that <clears throat> regardless of, but what kind of trouble your young, young adolescent or teenager is in, it's probably not the best choice, as we, as we understand why, to just ship them off somewhere. Um, you're responsible as a parent to, to do something and abdicating exactly. responsibility, even and and it's uh it's really it's frustrating, frankly. Um, but uh, yeah, welcome
0: to my world. <laughs> so it's I'm, it's extremely frustrating to try to explain these things without insulting somebody. And because you're trying right, to, try and, that's, to that's insult that's the them, point. you're just trying to yeah, you're trying to help. So it's very difficult to find the right words sometimes to say.
1: Sometimes it is. The uh I guess the best thing that we've done here in the, with this conversation is just um put the word out a little bit more, maybe uh put this on someone's radar screen so that if they are thinking about um sending their child to a, a place like this to you know give it a second thought, talk to people, uh seek out different alternatives, go like you know, go there, you know, and do some investigation. Um,
0: well, even if you go the, there, the they place... just put on a sure. face, pretty much.
1: Oh, of course, of course, of course. But but that's, a, you know, that that's the obligation. Go, going back to that, like, don't blindly send your kid to a place you don't know what's going on at. Like, because the results could be devastating.
0: Exactly, and, and the biggest thing that I preach is research, 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 research. If you can't find something, contact one of the advocates. Contact somebody at Lost Survivor. Contact me at Safe Teen Schools. We will help you figure something out. Not to put your kid in a boarding school, but there are other options. There are therapies. There, you know, in home, you know, like at home in your community, therapy. Sure. You know. Sure. If you're looking at a specific boarding school, like, I have parents contact me all the time, and they're like, oh, I'm looking at this particular boarding school. Do you have any information on it? And I'm like, absolutely. So I go, and I look through, and I do research, and I send them all of the nitty-gritty details. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you. You just saved my kid. I was going to send them. And I'm like, you're welcome. So, I mean, if anybody has questions, just contact somebody.
1: Right. And we'll put... um... We'll put your website in the show notes, and so that people um, can contact you if they if they like to, and we'll uh, we'll get all, all that information out there. Um, we'll be uh, this, this.
0: You know, you I gotta follow. plug my website.
1: <laughs> oh, of course, of course, you have to plug your website, and uh, and we'll we'll replug it and and uh, and blast it out there again for sure. Like I
0: appreciate that's what it. Thank that's you. what it's all about.
1: It's about you know getting this information out there. Trying to be as ad- objective as possible, telling mm-hmm. true stories about what really goes on in and this world. And what better
0: of a person to hear it from than somebody who's been in the shoes of a child who has been in these places? That's right, and, uh, and I'm almost shortly, 30 years old now, and ooh. I'm still dealing <laughs> with my PTSD and my nightmares. Am I boring you?
1: No, not at all. <laughs>
0: what? So what, I sound what like
1: Oh no! I said that was a woo. That was like a.
0: Oh. No like, no 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 yawning. Him.
1: No yawning allowed. No no this <laughs> That's is. That's right. This is certainly this is certainly not boring. I was getting a little worked up a few minutes ago. I was like pacing around the room. I'm not no no no. I'm not bored at all. This oh is,
0: me too. I'm I'm standing outside is, and I was pacing as well.
1: This is really this is really good. Um, it's you were really informative. I um, I'm sure there's lots that we missed, but. Um, it's, there's a, a lot of,
0: of stuff to cover in that short amount of time, so sure. <laughs> it's a in lot. In a couple <laughs> of
1: days, in, uh, in a couple of days, I have I have a, a, the other side of the story. I have a, a interview coming up with the parent.
0: Oh, really? That's awesome! Yeah. I love it. So when that should, step forward.
1: So that should be really really interesting and. Um, you know, because all of these, as we go on talking to different people and if people are really listening, which I hope they do, I think they'll find these commonalities between the overlapping stories, whether it's um, the survivor or a parent. Hopefully, I can find some um, uh, staff defectors or, you know, people who've Who've uh, worked in these places? Who would be willing? Um, um, even, I
0: think I might have somebody for you.
1: Okay, because uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's the best way to get a comprehensive picture regarding um, this industry, because of of course the argument would be, oh, you're only telling one side of it. You've got a grudge, you know. There's you know whatever the case is. So now we're showing
0: as, the true face. Of right. what happens behind the walls and these facilities,
1: right, so I went the other through, side is possible. that pretty
0: little brochure sure. that everybody sees
1: of course, of course, so uh i'm glad I'm glad you were able to come on and kind of uh pull the covers a little bit on on the troubled teen industry another uh another shot at the uh i don't know what what do you call this, like a warning shot over the bow. Like because uh, we're not you know we're not going to give up because kids have rights and they need to be protected,
0: Absolutely.
1: and they don't need to be shuttled off to some horrible place that
0: okay isolate you know, them and okay one of my biggest gripes is the isolation. The human brain does not stop developing until you're into your mid twenties, and what they're doing is okay. they're isolating children, they're social isolating them, they're putting them in quote unquote intervention OSS and these small little tiny boxes and holding them there for weeks or months. I mean that is psychological torture. That is literally defined as torture. We're not even allowed to use that in our prison systems. Prisoners have to come out at least an hour a day for exercise to get out of their cells. But and, these and the kids children don't, huh? aren't even allowed wow. that.
1: Amazing. Wow. That's I think uh, that's a, that's a good note to uh, to end this on. Just because it's a real a real punch in the face. Um, that's I know, right? real. right, like
0: that's, to do that. That's really Here's happy. some information. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, uh thank you, Lily and um can you uh go ahead and um uh, uh say the name of your website again just uh just so people can hear it clearly? It is safe teensschools.org. Safe teens That's right. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it.